play the damn fix thing. Fix it. We're going to find out. Yeah, soon, of course it fixed it. Okay, so that's good. All right, so now things are working. Now I'll hit record. Let me go over here. Let me just do this real quick. I'm going to go over to XSplit Broadcaster. I'm going to make sure that it has the absolute highest priority. What, like... What happened that I can't assign? Did they change this in Windows 11? What happened? Well, you know, Task Manager in Windows 10 and Windows 7 and the whole entire fucking point of the goddamn application was you could go and you say, hey, this task, you have higher priority than everything else. You, This does not appear salient, at least, as I go to do this with XSplit Broadcaster in the Task Manager on uh, Windows 11. Windows 11 Pro does not seem to give me the opportunity to grant my streaming application higher uh, resource priority than everything else. So, fuck you, Microsoft, you bunch of fucking goddamn Jews and faggots. I don't know, you know, he's, he's, he's working for them in any case. <clears throat> so whatever, whatever, we'll do a show. We'll, we'll just fucking, you know, fuck it. We'll do it live, you know what I mean? That's it, it's over. Then we organize the death squads for the people who wrecked America. You know what you call people you can't talk to? Enemies. And if we want to divide our society into armed camps of enmity, all we have to do is keep doing what we're doing. A radical agenda. The event has turned into an opportunity for the left to push a racial and radical agenda. Implementing their radical agenda is the only thing they care about. They're bad actors. What they want to do here is ram their radical agenda down your throat. These are great Americans. These are people that want to see great things for the country. You know, they try and build them like uh, sort of a radical agenda. It's not a radical agenda. It's called the Second Amendment. All right, on with it. Welcome to the Radical Agenda. It's a show about timeless ideas and news of the day and whatever's on your mind at 217-688-1433. Yes, this agenda is quite radical and welcome to it. This sick, this 39th episode of the Sixth Stage of the Pogrom. I'm, you know, today is October 27, 2023. Is the current year. It's a Friday as usual. We are coming live once again from my undisclosed location where, you know, it's funny before the show that I, hang on, you, you know, what's it? Can you just put the damn mic where I put it and not get creative gravity? Jesus fucking Christ. The fuck is the point? I spent all this money on shit. So, as I was saying, fucking goddamn Jewish gremlins is what they fucking are. Uh, you know, I had a little fun before the show today. I do that once in a while, you know. Most of my fun is had here, obviously. But I have a little fun before the show occasionally. And you know what I noticed? You know, we do this, uh, we do the show, and I schedule the thing on advance. One of the, you know, a lot of you listen or watch the show on this thing called Odyssey, O-D-Y-S-E-E. -E. It's a very clever spelling of the, of the name. And, uh, uh, it, you know, most of the time it works, you know, 50%. And so, uh, I, I scheduled a thing in advance so that people know that it's coming. And then Odyssey hides it and rips me off and fucks you out of your content, but that's besides the point. The people who do see everything that I post, <clears throat> they're, they're very determined people, you might have gathered, because they don't like the content, right? The people who never fucking miss a goddamn episode of this show, the most reliable listeners that I have, are a bunch of fucking faggots who, who hover over this channel and like within seconds of me posting something are like, eh, downvote it. <laughs> 
And so, you know, I called a little attention to this earlier, and I said, hey, you know, if you're not, like, if you're not upvoting my, my stuff, you're ceding the battlefield to a very determined foe. I just want you to be aware of this. <clears throat> it's four hours before the show. It's five hours before the show. There were four people sitting here. It, according to Odyssey, there were four people waiting for the show to start five hours before it began. And one of them had already downloaded the video. And I'm like, okay, well, you know, this is going to happen more times before we're done here. And I mean, you know, after the show's over, I wouldn't be surprised if some of you downloaded. You might be my biggest fan. You'd be like, today the show sucks. Fuck you. And you download the video. Fine. No problem. But some fucking piece of shit waits around, <laughs> waits around for an opportunity to downvote something that hasn't happened yet because he's a fucking criminal who spends his, if somebody pays these fucking people to follow me around trying to make my fucking life difficult, you know, and this is the best they can come up with because their lives are shit. They're talentless fucking people who have nothing going on for themselves, right? And so I posted about this on Twitter, and some, oh, it's not Twitter anymore. It's X. I'm banned from Twitter. The X thing is totally different. You can find me on a talk radio deity. And I am. I'm good at what I do. You can see this. And so I go over there and some fucking prick sees me talk about this. He's like, time to get a real job, loser. Oh, okay. So you're the fucking faggot who's been hovering over my, you're the guy whose real job it is to fucking hover over my fucking uh, Odyssey channel. Some fucking back-in-the-woods fucking streaming platform that nobody's on anyway. You're over there, like, spending your days waiting for me to post so that you can be like, meh, some fucking Jew pays you to do that, faggot. Yeah. So I'll tell you what. I'm going to go quit my job because of you, right? Because one shithead slimed my video on Odyssey. I've been to prison. I've been fucking sued. I've been fucking had my fucking get maced twice in two days. People threaten my fucking life on a routine basis. None of that's enough to stop me. But you, sir, you, you spend all fucking day waiting for an opportunity to say that my fucking content sucks. And that, you know, that's going to be it. You know, the prison, you know, that was a piece of cake. I was hanging out there, did some push-ups, read some books. You know, it's fine. You know, whatever. Prison, I belong there, right? I'm a criminal. That's according to you fucking faggots, right? That's no big deal. But, you know, somebody's going to downvote my video. I better call it a day. <laughs> you know, forget about the fact that, you know, modest though my lifestyle might be, you know, I have paid all of my bills on time since I've gotten out of prison, which is more than you can say for most people who just got out of prison. And that's like went with them, like collecting government assistance and having a regular job. They usually fuck something up within, you know, 11 months, right? Not me. <laughs> Just as a consequence of going out and making you fucking faggots miserable, right? Like, all of my bills have been paid on time. You believe that shit? Doesn't that fucking make you mad? Keep on doing it, dude. Go ahead. Go ahead. Get your fucking friends involved. Go ahead. I'm sure you have a couple left. These fucking people, man. You know, for the most part, it scarcely warrants mentioning these days that, like, a, the leftists have been caught in a lie, right? For what other purpose would they have spoken, obviously, right? There is hardly any other reason for them to be utilizing language besides some sort of malicious deception. 
When there is some nexus to a racial issue, this is all the more certain. One cannot very well develop and maintain an anti-white worldview, purport to be a decent and caring person, and tell the truth all in the same phase of life, after all. Anti-white hatred has, at its very core, a seething hatred of the truth as such. And atop this, it would be supremely impractical to convince good people to join your mission if you told them the truth about yourself and the targets of your enmity, right? We who traveled from around the country to Charlottesville, Virginia in 2017 knew this to be the case. When they told us that the removal of the Lee Monument from the, na from the same name park would not result in its destruction or any other ill, it hardly took any imagination for us to picture the images which emerged yesterday. The city gave the monument over to what has been described as a black museum to do it as they saw fit. This uniquely ethnocentric of institutions decided that the best way to handle America's history was to destroy it, almost goes without saying. So, in secret, they invited the Washington Post and a number of the criminals who planned and carried out the felonious anti-white riots of August of 2017 and the subsequent perjury and rash of other crimes too long to list to a yet unpublished location where the monument was cut to pieces with a torch and then fed into a furnace in excess of 2,500 degrees Fahrenheit. The face of the monument was separated from the rest of it with a torch and in an iconic bit of video it is pictured red hot and described as like it was crying as it melts away the criminals ever lusting after the destruction of all that is decent or that represents decency in any way they celebrated of course Though this was the mildest of their victories after destroying countless innocent lives and the reputation of our legal system, being as they are demonic, the destruction of symbols does seem to bring some rather unique joy to them, doesn't it? Having sacrificed too much myself in defense of a statue I had little personal interest in, the celebratory frenzy of leftist media and online activists was a subject of some amusement to me, I gotta say. I'm not much of a military historian, but I imagine that there are no shortage of like incidents in the historical record. An army celebrates its victory as the enemy enjoys a hearty laugh, right? Oh, you think it's over, do you? <laughs> well, that suits me just fine. You enjoy yourself. Have yourself a drink at 10. You have nothing to fear from us. We've been vanquished. You can relax now. What is so often lost, even on conservatives, sadly, is that the removal of the statue was a supremely unpopular thing to do. Far from democracy in action, this was a rather brutal imposition of privileged opinions using violence and deception to take something away from the majority of the population. But those privileged opinions do carry much weight, and the consequences for crossing them are quite dire— so having seen what happened to the very fine people on one side of that argument, the rest of the country did as the marauders intended them to do. They cowered and they acquiesced. They acquiesced to the inevitable removal of the historical symbols and hoped against all evidence that this would satiate the mob. But the mob is never satiated. These people are congenitally incapable of satisfaction. 
Far from cooling tensions, their victory in 2017 was, to them, evidence of their inevitable and perpetual march forward toward the destruction of all that is. This culminated in the 2020 race riots, the subsequent theft of a presidential election, all the war and crime and economic chaos that has plagued our country since. So I am all too happy for the criminals who terrorize this country to publicize news of their celebratory destruction of the monument. Because this is what they have in mind when they talk about America being a melting pot. They will burn everything of significance to anyone and they will gleefully celebrate in the heat of the fire. But they can only do that until the public figures out that there's no negotiating with those who seek your destruction. The pendulum shall swing come what may. And we've been reminded too many times that felonies never die in Virginia. Once that happens, the celebrations are going to stop. The only symbols destroyed will be those in the hands of the people responsible for the chaos that we have endured. The people doing the destroying won't have purple hair. They'll know what gender they are. They won't pretend to have a gentle purpose. They won't lie about what they did or why they did it. They'll enjoy themselves, but they won't crack a smile. So enjoy the moment, you fucking scumbag. It was never about the statue, not for me. Not even about the history. This is about the fucking future. And you'll have no goddamn part of that. 217-688-1433. You like to be on the program, and the more you talk, the less I have to. So please do give us a call. Probably ought to play, probably ought to play that video for you. It's a disturbing little piece of uh, animation. Uh, well, it's not, an- it's not animation in the sense that it's like, uh, uh, you know, made in that way, but Pull this up here. Excuse me. And videos. You know, (laughs) it's really like (laughs) they love their symbols. You know what I mean? This is just, that's the shortest of clips of it. You know, I, I could obviously go longer but there's other clips of it elsewhere but you get the idea 2176881433 you know I, I i look at the thing and i get i do get mad about it i mean i'm i'm i you can see i'm bent out of shape about the situation but i you know do i do i personally give a fuck about robert e lee a fucking goddamn piece of metal in charlottesville no as a matter of fact i don't you know What I don't like, however, is these people getting to go and fucking celebrate their goddamn asshole crime, you know. You know, you'd think that these fucking people would learn to leave well enough alone after a while. Or had you been less informed than the average radical agenda viewer, you might think that. If you've been watching this fucking show for, you know, two weeks, you understand that these people are insatiable. So you're not surprised by it. But it it almost never ceases to amaze me, right? You know, I posted, uh, I was posting about this yesterday when I found out about it, obviously. And so I said, here's what, let me show you what I said. Let me talk about this for a second. So I go on Telegram, 
which by the way, like if you know, if you guys aren't following me on Telegram, like what the fuck like what are you doing? Like I understand people have better things to do with their time than social media. You, you know, it makes sense, but like if you're on social media, just get on the fucking Telegram thing. Like I, I'm so like I don't want to be bothered with any other shit. Like, I don't want to, what, I'm going to go on fucking Twitter, I'll be fucking there for fucking another two weeks, and then some fucking Jew will go fucking ban me from there, and then fucking Jorber. Somebody told me today on Gab, you can find me on there, I'm real Chris Cantwell on Gab, but you have to try really fucking hard to find me, as it turns out. Somebody told me in Gab today, he's like, oh, it's a good thing I bookmarked your thing, because I search your name, and I don't find you. Of course you don't. I had the same thing happen, I searched for Tim Murdoch, the guy, the White Rabbit radio guy. I go search for him, and I'm like, where the fuck are you? He's like 10, like 10 pages down in the search results. Passed a bunch of people whose name ain't Tim Murdoch. <laughs> so I don't know what the fuck Gab is doing, but, you know, it's less, it's less than helpful for sure. But anyway, so I'm on the Telegram thing, and, like, it doesn't, it doesn't, what Telegram does not provide, really, is, like, exposure to new people. But it makes my life very fucking easy. Like, I I love that app. It's so, it just works very well. And so, like, yeah, I mean, if you have an iPhone or whatever, you know, you get what you deserve having an iPhone. But, like, you know, you can't watch, you can't see Follow Chris on an iPhone. But you can follow uh, Surreal Politiques on the iPhone. Whatever. In any case, you can also do, like, the web browser thing. Somebody will tell you how to do this. But I said on Telegram, I said, since leftists think erasing history is such a great idea, I think one thing we ought to be considering for after they've been removed from the earth permanently is we might just completely level the entire city of Charlottesville, remove all the buildings and debris, and just make it a complex of fields. We can call it James Fields. So, of course, Molly Conger, whose full-time job it is, you know, Whose full-time job it is to to annoy, not even annoy, but like do a poor job of documenting everything that, you know, people like me do. She spends her, she spends her days, um, you know, recreationally cutting herself and, and following me on Telegram is kind of the idea. And so she takes a screenshot of this and says, you'd think with the defendant's still working their way through the appeals process on a multi-million dollar judgment against them for a conspiracy to engage in racially motivated violence would not boldly proclaim their intent to do so again, but you would be wrong. And of course, you know, you can't like, even after I win the appeal and it's, and it's accepted as law that we were not found liable for that. You can't sue Molly Conger for defamation because she's obviously just mentally disabled and nope, she could go in there and be like, I'm crazy and everybody's going to believe her and you can't, anything that requires intent, you can't hold her liable for it because she tells you all the time that she's mentally ill. It's not, I'm not like, that's not, it's not an inference that I make. She literally says it all the time. She thinks that that's one of her, that's one of her social status things in the left. They actually, they promote this stuff. She's neurodivergent, some of them like to say. But literally, she says mentally ill. She doesn't even use the stupid, politically correct dummy term. She's like, I'm mentally ill, and so are all of my friends. All my anti, my best anti-fascists, they're all mentally ill. She says these things. I'll, I'll find that image before we're done here. So, you know, Molly Conger probably doesn't actually have the capacity to, to understand the legal outcomes. She's, she basically is fed information by... The prosecutor's office down there in Charlottesville. I think she's acknowledged this much. Or maybe she's the one feeding the information to them. Who knows the hierarchy here? 
But we were explicitly not actually found liable for racially motivated violence. You you actually have the information available to you to know that. And so whether or not I'm successful in the appeals process is actually completely irrelevant. You're a liar, you know. I, I won't be able to, whether I can prove it in court is another question, but you're capable of understanding this. There was a jury verdict on counts three and four of that lawsuit, and counts one and two would have held us liable for a racially motivated violent conspiracy. And there was no verdict on those. They held us liable for harassment, which was the whole entire point of the lawsuit, because you're trying to ban our speech. And because you're a bunch of lying criminals, you have no shame about this, and you just continue pushing forward and forward and forward and forward. You're waiting, basically, for forces beyond your control to act upon you. And as we said, the pendulum shall swing, so that will fucking happen. Don't (laughs) make no mistake about it. That's going to happen. You know what? I find it very funny, however, this idea that, um, and how, how sincere is it? You never know. Especially with Bali, because like I said, she's literally mentally ill. Some of them, you can be certain that they're making it up. As, you know, Roberta Kaplan, for example, you know, she's a liar. She's a liar. She's, she has what they call legally, they call that actual malice, and you can prove it. She can't turn around and just plead insanity like Molly. You know, she's a liar and a, and a really, really bad person. She has what's known in the criminal or in the legal land as a mens rea, the, uh, the requisite intent. Let me see here. It's <laughs> pretty funny. All right, let me go, let me go do some uh, some super chats here. And so, what I like about this here, as I go, I mean, aside from the fact that there's a bunch of money waiting for me, is uh, you guys are actually, you know, half of you on Odyssey have finally hit the fire button. Now, five five people whose job it is to come around and try to ruin everything they've they've hit the they've hit the downvote button but i mean it's probably just one he probably has five accounts he's got he's got chrome and firefox and 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 uh and uh brave and uh uh what's the microsoft edge he's probably got netscape too whatever you fucking faggot he's got all the browsers open he's got 10 different vpns and he's like how do i get to the sixth fucking fifth downvote but thanks thanks for those of you who have uploaded the video and especially thanks to those of you who sent me some money, because money's, you know, if there's anything better than fire, it's cash. So, as we're saying, uh, maybe next time he sends $3 and he says uh, union fees, and then Libertariat sends $14.33, says union dues. Uh, Keck App sends $20. Thank you very much, friend. Union dues. Fuck those downvoting faggots. I'll keep supporting good content. $25 brick wall says, so Cantwell, when are you going to commit and be the replacement for Rush Limbaugh with a daily three-hour news commentary and opinion show? How much in donations will it take? Also, make bumper stickers with a QR code linking to the podcast so I can canvas the truck stops from east to west. Now, let me try to address that in a couple of parts there. Thank you very much, my friend. That's a, that's a high, high honor for you to say that I should uh, replace El Rushbaugh. I'm very honored by this. Um, and, you know, Talent on loan from, you know, 
wherever it comes from. It's not mine. And so uh, what it would take is for me to have a production team, okay? I'll I'll continue living in this fucking hovel, okay? Like, like, I'll do that for probably not more than two years, okay? But, like... You know, you want, I'll, I'll, I would continue living on a bare subsistence living and work my ass off every single day if I, could, if I could have a production team to handle everything else. If you create a situation where what I've got to do is show up at noon and talk until three, and then I don't have to do all this other crap, I'll do that seven days a week. I, I, I'd be too happy to do it, you know. The, the reason that we have a three-day-a-week production schedule is that, like, I have other show-related work to do, primarily. I mean, it's, you know, it, it is important I have realized, I have realized that, you know, leisure time is more important than I, than I gave it credit for for probably the first seven or eight months out here, to be honest with you. I sort of, I, I bit off more than I could chew, honestly, for a little while, because when I got out, I was just like, oh, well, you know. I'm used to being in prison, right? I don't care about all this other crap that's going on. I don't need to do anything. All I need to do is work and work, 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 work. And I did that, you know, all all the time every day for, you know, probably right up through August. And then, like, I, I, I started to, like, realize, like, this is not working. Like, I got I to gotta take a little time. <clears throat> but anyway, so, like, if, if I can create – it's not even – like it's not so much that I need to get a certain amount of donation, but there, there's a re- there's a required amount of revenue to hire other people, and that's that's more than we're going to make streaming to you know a hundred people at a time on Odyssey. So, you know, if you want to help out, I mean, it's very helpful. I appreciate the money. Obviously, we can't do it without the money that's here, and and I need I for me to continue living in this fucking hovel, I need to have more regular income than I have. It's truth be told, but the um. The, the, the thing to do, the thing that you can do that's as helpful as money is try to get other people to listen to the show. I'm, I'm working on, there's a couple of things. I mentioned these briefly. I'm going to put out new best of CDs very soon. I mean, I had made five volumes of like best of the radical agenda before. <coughs> I, uh, I might, I might make, so, I'm going to, I haven't listened to them actually in a long time. So maybe I'll do that real soon. I gave away, I had volume two and I think volume one, I gave away those CDs and a bunch of like orders. You know, you guys can buy things from me at surrealpolitics.com slash shop, by the way. And so when people do that, I sometimes I throw these best of CDs in there, but I only, I had them printed from before I got arrested in January, 2020. But I'm actually about to, I'm going to re-record the bit that I published on beauty. I'm calling it beauty revisited. I realized that when I had made that thing, it was, it was, it was too familiar. It was for a familiar audience. And so I couldn't use it as like introductory content to share with new listeners, but that the, the message there was very good. And so I wanted to, I I've actually rewritten that largely. I have a couple of people that are providing me feedback to tell me how the, how they think of the narrative. And then I'm going to rerecord that piece. And then that, and, um, the piece from surreal politics, episode 27, um, uh, on the consequences of masking, the piece from um, uh, uh, Surreal Politics, Stage 1, Episode 11, Unknown Soldier. 
and I'll probably throw in something from the radical agenda. It's going to be more of like a best of Christopher Cantwell thing. And uh, I'm going to just I'm going to start trying to get those CDs distributed. And though and with that, I'll make the QR code that you're talking about that will lead people to like this, you know, they're, like I've created QR codes that'll get you to the page. Like, hey, here's how to su- su- subscribe to a podcast, but it's not gripping. Like, I want something that, like, when they get there, they're like, oh my god, I need more of this. You know. And I really think that the the piece that I did, Surreal Politique Stage One Episode Twenty Seven, of some consequence, that monologue about the the kid having trouble speaking. I think that's like the best thing. It's one of the best things I've ever produced, if you don't mind my saying. And I'm going to try to use that as introductory content. Like, you give that to people who've never heard this, and they're like, yeah, I want more of that, you know. And so that's going to be kind of like the centerpiece of it. So what I mean to say, sir, is that I'll, I'll make some stickers. I'm going to also do like the uh, Tony put me on to. We're going to get to Tony's super chat in a minute. Um, Tony put me on to these NFC stickers thing, which is genius. It's basically like, you, you know, the near field communication, you tap your phone. And so it's like a little RFID thing. It's kind of like the, the chip that they're going to put in your brain soon. Kind of different concept, but you get the idea. And so they, they did this. Um, um, you have these stickers that have this little wireless transmitter in them. And I don't know, they, they'll last for a certain period of time. I imagine they can die after a while. But a longer period than they need to work, they, they continue transmitting a very low power RF signal. And, they, and when your phone touches it or comes near it, in a near field communication, it's kind of like your credit card. If you do like an ATM machine where you don't have to put the card in the machine, you put it near it, you get the idea. You guys probably, this, these became normal in the last three years. I'm the one who thinks this is a novel technology. I've been in prison. <coughs> Excuse me. You could, it's easy to put like a URL in there. So like I got a bunch of these UR, these um, these NFC stickers and I'll make the QR codes. Once I have this page designed with like, the best of content. And then I'm going to start putting out the CDs as well. And so that's going to be coming like imminently. That's coming very soon, sir. Thank you very much. And so if that works out and then, you know, I can make, I don't know if I, if I could bring, if the company can bring in, I don't know, half a million dollars a year in revenue, then I can hire, you know, I can hire five people at a very respectable salary. You know, I could probably do something close to that well prior to a half a million dollars a year. But, I mean, that's the type of money that you're talking about. You want to start hiring competent people to do good work, you know. I've I've told you before, I'm trying to set an interim goal of $10,000 a month. At $10,000 a month, it means that all my bills are paid, I can hire somebody else, and I can, like, spend money on things as I need to, you know, pretty easily. And that's not uh, actually, like, a very difficult goal to achieve, honestly. That's 1,000 people pay me $10 a month at surrealpolitics.com slash join. That's what that is. And that's totally, we can definitely do that, you know, or a hundred people pay me a hundred bucks. So you want to be a part of the heavy hundred, you know, thrillpolitics.com, well, christophercantwell.net slash donate, but go to, you could go to um, um, givesengo.com slash SPM. You'll find the Surreal Politics Media Broadcasting. And um, that would be a great thing for you to do. If you want to give me more than 10 bucks a month, do it that way. If you want to do, you know, $6.70 a month, thrillpolitics.com slash join. Use code AGENDA33. You'll pay that for three months. And then after three months, it's $10, okay? 217-688-1433. You like to be on the program. And the more you talk, the less I have to. So please do give us a call. Real Tony Soprano since 7777. As so often, Tony is our biggest super chat so far. Molly, did you get that disgusting parasite removed from your face yet? Fucking gross. 
No, I don't think she did. I, you know, she's. It, it, I, I think that she's going to have a gender reveal party for the disgusting par, uh, parasite on her face. Pretty soon is probably what she's going to do. They're going to have a. They're going to have a gender reveal party as soon as it's old enough to make the decision. You know. I mean, they say that these things they know it in the womb these days, but you know, we'll see. Two one seven six eight eight one four three three. You like to be on the pogrom? Let's see him. And have any of you taken me up on that? Of course you haven't. Why would you? Why would you call into this show? It's just me. Just a little old me. Give me a second. I want to go find Molly's tweet. Hang on a second. I'll go over here. Picks. Uh, this one is... Uh, I'm going to just search mental star. Star, mental star. Uh, no, what are you... Do? What the... F- <laughs> Fucking Jesus Christ! It's, you know what I love about the radical agenda is I can say fuck whenever I want now. I get I I lose track of it sometimes. You know. Uh, <laughs> let's see here. Is this the one? Yeah, this is pretty fucking funny. Um, hey, come on, let's do, make that a lot bigger. Yeah, Molly Conger and and Emily Gorsensky retweeted this. This is shameless. They're not ashamed to say things like this. So many of the fiercest anti-fascist fighters I know live with mental illness. It is one of the many axes of oppression that brings people to this fight. We're out here struggling for collective liberation and fighting like hell. Don't you dare count us out. (laughs) Oh, we don't we won't dare doubt that mentally ill people will continue doing violence in the name of the Democrat Party. We're certain of that. We won't count you out, sweetheart. This is the greatest tweet ever, and the retweet is really the best part, right? Because it's one thing if there's just some fucking mental patient on Twitter who's like, you know what, I think it would be a great idea. You know, it's one thing if there's just some fucking nutcase in your political party who's like, oh, you know what, I think I think I'd do it. You know, it would be a really great statement about our politics for me to brag about being mentally ill. You know, every once in a while... <coughs> Anybody involved in politics is going to be like, uh, uh, you know, they're going to be embarrassed by somebody on their side. Happens all the time in a right, for fucking sure, right? But when you see them and they're like, you know, it's not, these are not isolated incidents, right? You realize that, (laughs) yeah, like this is the whole fucking point of the thing. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. The fiercest fighters I know are mentally ill. Yeah, why do you think they fucking hired you? Hey, crazy person. (laughs) Hey, maniac. We'd like you to go fight Nazis. Because if you go say that to a sane person, they're like, get the fuck away from me, weirdo. What's wrong with you? (laughs) Nazis? What are you talking about? It's 2023, faggot. What's wrong with you? You're like, Nazis? Yeah, let's go do it. How do I do it? What, what, do you want me to commit a crime? Sure. Yeah, I'll go commit a crime for you. Do you have any money? Can I can I get a hit a crack? Hit a crack? Hit a crack? <laughs> I don't think I Molly's probably not a crackhead. You know, she comes more like a doper to me, right? She thinks she's like a fentanyl junkie, probably. <laughs> okay, fuck it, Nazi talk. Nazi talk. Indeed, it is. Yeah. Oh my fucking god, these people. <laughs> What else? I'll go pull up some news, I guess. Let's see here. (coughs) There are no more arguments to be made. 
they must be physically removed. The ruling elites. Get the hell out of here, brown people. That's it. It's over. Then we organize the it's, death it's, The show's not over. I'm just having fun with my soundboard again. I haven't done that in a while. It's all like Nazi Germany, actually. Yeah, it's, it's a lot like Nazi Germany. 217-688-1433. you like to be on the pogrom. And the more you talk, the less I have to. So please give a call. Um, let's see. Uh, <coughs> pardon me. I should have hit my cough button before I did that. Did you catch this? So, like, what? You know, I don't know if this has been verified yet. I watched this thing with uh, Douglas McGregor on Car- Tucker Carlson. And he said that the U.S. forces already went into Gaza and got all shut up. And, like, that's sort of like, I, I, I did notice it at the time. But there was so much else said in the course of that interview that I was like, you know, it didn't, it didn't, it didn't ring in my head to keep on following that thread because, actually, that's pretty significant, right? Like, if, you know, they keep on saying, like, no, 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 hey, guy, we just, we just want you to, like, not condemn us for being murderers when we go in there and kill all those people, you know? We just want you to stop calling us murderers when we go around killing people. We're not saying that you should pay for it. We're not saying that you need to, like, shed blood for us. We're just saying that when we go and we kill the people, you don't call it murder, okay? But according to Douglas McGregor, like, the troops have already been in there and already been injured. Let me, I'll pull up the exact quote for you here. Is this going to be the whole entire video, or is this? Is there an audio clip here? No, it's the entire. Yeah, we can't play that. Um, in any case, so he says, as we have seen very recently, within the last twenty-four hours or so, some of our special forces and Israeli special forces have gone into the Gaza Smith Strip to conduct reconnaissance and plan where they can go to release the hostages and exert influences. And they were shot and suffered heavy losses, as far as I understand, McGregor said. Well, if that's the case, then I guess it explains why, you know, they've got this, like, huge (laughs) supply of military men and munitions on the way there because our guys have already been fucking shot in the conflict. I don't have verification of this, but it stood out to me at Revolver. It's like, oh, yeah, there's so much crazy fucking shit going on that, like, I I didn't even, like, register with me. And I saw that headline. I'm like, yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. And some fucking fanatic shot a bunch of people over there in uh, Lewiston, Maine, the other day. It wasn't Jared Howe. He's got, like, you know, a whole different sort of malfunction. Uh, And uh, I don't know that there's much to say about it, like. He shot a bunch of people. He like apparently the guy had some kind of mental health problem. He was in the army reserves, and he went into a fucking restaurant and started blowing people away or bowling alley, I guess it was. And uh, he was like some kind of firearms instructor, and so you know he's gonna get he's gonna die if he hasn't already. That's gonna happen. Uh, this is pretty funny too. <coughs> So the American conservative has a piece here, and this has actually stood out also because, um, or this is not that. Anyway, a whole different thing. The elite revelation on immigration by uh, Jude Russo, it was published the other day on October 26th yesterday, and uh, he's pointing out that, like, oh, there's like a bunch of people who, uh, you know, used to consider the, themselves all betters on this whole immigration thing, right? And they have all of a sudden figured out that, like, well, you know what? 
this is going to ruin the country, and uh, that's going to get us voted out of office, and even if we steal the election, they're going to kill us, and so maybe we should pretend that we care. <laughs> and I saw this, you know, this was, it actually stood, the reason this piece stood out to me was, I didn't even realize, I don't know why CBS News has me on their mailing list. I don't remember getting email from CBS News in the past. Maybe I gave them my email address at some point. Makes sense. Maybe I did. But CBS sent me an email where, like, they're they're like, oh, America's immigration reckoning. CBS is having an immigration reckoning? They're, like, realizing, hey, wait a second. When you have a welfare state and you open up the borders and you tell everybody that it's immoral to enforce the law... It puts downward pressure on wages and everything goes to shit. It's not an exact quote, but you get the idea. They figured this out, you know, at the end of Biden's first term as president of the United States. So, you know, what what exactly is driving this is it realpolitik right are they have they figured out that this is not gonna <laughs> are, are they coming around to the fact that they're gonna lose a fucking election over this are they are they just messaging is it like uh is it um did the did the dmc send out to their steno pool at all the major networks Hey, guys, we need to create the impression that we give a fuck about this thing that the voters are about to overthrow us over. So go ahead and pretend that you care. Or, you know, is there some actual revelation going on here? It's impossible to say because all the people involved in our information environment are perpetual liars. and You can't believe anything they tell you because they're criminals. (laughs) you know the people who describe molly conger as some kind of journalist you know you can't go to them for information after that (laughs) you know they're like no no if you actually if you describe molly conger she's a lesbian mental patient who was hired by crazy people dangerous people to do dangerous crazy dishonest things right and so she's, you know, she's what it probably seems like decent money to her. I doubt she's paid very much. I used to see her Patreon. I don't know what it is now. She she used to show she had a Patreon and it was like, oh, yeah, go pay me to go to the courtroom and take notes or whatever. And then it became like, no, I'm conspiring with the prosecutor's office. Now she's like really involved in it. <laughs> oh, let's see him. Libertariat says, uh, I am irrationally excited for the return of drops from the soundboard. Sends along a hundred bucks. Wow. Well, thank you, dear. Uh, that is just, I'm just going to buck my guns in the air. I'm so, that's, so, that's great news. Um, let's see, what else do we got, you know? Three extra shekels. Oh, come on, you cheap fuck. She gave us more than that, you know? You know. Let's give them a helicopter ride, okay? Give who the fucking helicopter ride, Donald? She just gave me a bunch of money. Oh, you're talking about Molly Conger. Let's give them a helicopter ride, okay? Okay, let's give them a helicopter what is ride, that? okay? No. There we go, there it is. Yeah, get in the fucking chopper, Molly. Fuck you. Just call them niggers. Yeah. I go home and get your fucking shine box. Go home and get your fucking shine box, Molly. 217-688-1433. 
If you would like to be on the program, and more you told the less I have to, so please do give us a call. Oh, my God. They're, 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 they keep on trying to top it. Um, Tony Soprano since 144.44 says, can you believe these motherfuckers try to out-donate me? I am certified big-time bowler. Trademark. How deep them pockets, nigga? Let's go. Well, uh, Dad Bowl Gains, um, uh, I guess he's not trying to participate in the contest. He sends $5. He says, what's your take on the struggle for Palestinian freedom? Uh, trying to call in, but the phone lines are busy. Sir, if you're calling in and the phone lines are busy, it's probably because you're blocking your caller ID is probably what's going on. Uh, the phone lines are most certainly not busy. Nobody has called me. What's happening is you're blocking your caller ID, and the only way that I can screen calls is to know who's calling me, and so for that reason, you cannot block your caller ID. Uh, but uh, if you do not block your caller ID and you give me a call, I will gladly talk to you about Palestinian liberation. Uh, my view on the matter as a general uh, issue is that the the Palestinians are not uh, are not the good guys. I don't think there is a good guy here. Okay, the the issue with them is that if they had other neighbors, they'd be killing them too, right? Like the fact that you know the Jews happen to be the closest nearest by victims does not good people the Palestinian make. I probably said that wrong, but you get the idea. So like this noble savage nonsense that goes on in the alt-right, like, oh, the Palestinians are such noble people, they're just fighting for their liberation. It's like, liberation? Do you have any fucking idea how these fucking people choose to live? This is the, what, like, red-pilled me in the first place. Was Muslims taking over fucking Europe? Are you out of your fucking mind? These people are not on your side. You want to be happy about dead Jews? Go ahead. I don't give a fuck. You know, you want to be like, oh, there's a bunch of fucking raging fucking pit bulls ran through Tel Aviv, tearing everybody apart. It doesn't mean that, like, you know, that, like, we want to have, you know, pit bulls running through our fucking streets for goddamn sure, right? <laughs> you know, a bunch of fucking guys are like, yeah, we go put a fucking lawnmower engine on the, on the, on the old umbrella and go Mary Poppins my way into a rave and start stabbing fucking kids. It's like, okay, you know, fuck those kids or whatever, but, you know. These, these people are not our friends. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> here's, I said, what? Well, here's, I, I just posted, I've talked about this a little bit, but I said on, I, on, on uh, Telegram and Gab, I said, one po- thing I will say positive about the pro-Palestinian actions in the United States is they really do a good job of exposing the full rich texture of leftist hypocrisy. Most leftists are just plain silent on this issue in such sharp contrast to their full-throated support of Ukraine, which turned them all into foreign policy experts and armchair war correspondents. This demonstrates, above all, that they understand that they are literally nothing more than tools of Jewish power. They have the cognitive capacity to understand that every criticism they wage against whites in the United States with deceit and malice in their hearts can be said truthfully of the Jews in Israel. They understand that if they criticize the Jews simultaneously, this is like cursing out one's boss and that this will not go over well should they be compelled to seek honest employment among decent folks subsequent to that. They understand that to say the Jews have a right to defend the land or to the right to defend the land would be to say that they actually have no principal opposition to racism or colonialism or any of the gibberish they, hold, they claim to hold at the pinnacle of their value hierarchy. They also understand that after decades of cultivating the most deranged and violent and malicious people in the world as their activist base, their most ardent among them who do not understand the true aim of the hustle would take up for the savages as they call for the destruction of the seemingly more civilized nation. 
And so rather than go after the ethno-nationalist theocrats who oppress the brown people in Israel or go after the brown people who do their dirtiest of dirty work, they just pretend they have not heard news of the next step on our rapid path to World War III and continue to earn their keep by whining about Nazis on Twitter. 217-688-1433. If you'd like to be on the program, caller, you are on the Radical Agenda. What's your agenda? Hey, Chris, this is Dad Bowl Games. Hopefully you can hear me all right. I hear you fine, pal. Go ahead. All right, so I um, I apologize. I'm a little sick, so I might be uh, coming a little rough, but I sent that uh, super chat, whatever, on Odyssey. Um, long live Odyssey, even though it's you know, supposedly going to be shortly lived. <clears throat> but um, I, I don't, frankly, I don't understand your opinion on this. I don't, I don't get it. Why, why do you think that the Palestinians in Gaza are just like these brown savages that would be attacking whoever may or may not live next to them. I, just, I don't get it. Like, why, why are you not supporting? Where, where, you know, my my understanding of what goes on in the Muslim world is that these people are pretty, pretty well in the habit of murdering one another. That's that's my understanding of the, the history of that region. And so, you know, putting the Jews there, you know, if it wasn't for the United States propping them up, you, you could have considered that, you know, the the final step of Hitler's plan, just go surround them with Muslims and leave them there. That would have been a great idea, actually. But, like, these people kill each other, right? If if it wasn't for fucking, if, it was, if the Jews weren't there and there was somebody else next door to them, they'd be killing them, right? That's what I think. I mean, if you have some other data point for me to consider, I'll, I'll, I'll consider it. I mean, no, it's, it's, it's more of an issue of, I, I feel like you're, you're just getting far afield from what the actual issue is. We have, like right now, there is the the most the, the greatest struggle Israel has faced since its inception in 1964 is the conflict that is happening right now. Israel is the power center of global Zionism right next to the United States. You know, the United States is basically a satellite state or a, a vassal of the state of Israel. Israel is being challenged in a way that it never has been. And you have countries like Russia and China, Iran, forming a sort of coalition against the state of Israel, or at least tacitly against the state of Israel. And, you know, they're, I mean, mean, frankly, Israel is fucking murdering thousands of civilians. And I don't, I don't, obviously Muslims are not us, you know, Arabs are not white. I don't think that there's any argument there. I don't think that anyone is saying, at least on the right, or in, in our sphere, is saying that we need to have these people in our neighborhoods. We need to have these people living next to us. But I think we can all appreciate the fact that when you have Jews ruling over you, it is an oppressive, miserable state of being, and that you want to fight back. And frankly, these Muslims, or I mean, there, there are Christians in. Uh, Palestine as well. They they destroyed one of the most one of the oldest Orthodox churches in the world. Uh, Israel did in their recent bombing campaigns. The Palestinian people are resisting Israel more valiantly and courageously than any white people have in the last hundred years. 
And so I think that at the very least, as people who are also in conflict with Jews on the other side of the world, we should support them in their struggle and try to fight against the American Zionist narrative that is trying to get right-wingers to shill for Zionists and Jewish people in the United States and support the war that we are. I mean, the bomb that was dropped, every bomb that is dropped on the Palestinian people in Israel is bought and paid for by the United States. It's our tax dollars. That's our people that are paying for that. And I, I just, I think that we need to fight against that. I think that we need to publicly, very publicly, let every white person that we come into contact with know that this is an American-sponsored genocide of a people that are struggling against Jewish racial supremacy. Well, I, I don't, I don't actually have a, like, I don't have a principal problem with genocide, if I'm just entirely honest with you, like, you know, so like uh, people invoke that term because, the, because it invokes the Nazis actually is, is the reason that they do it. So like, you know, when, when pe- that's the cultural, you know, that's the cultural reference to that, right? If you're committing genocide, well, you're a Nazi, right? Well, you know, if, I, I don't think that, you know, that's what Hitler was doing. And, and by the way, you know, maybe that's, where he went wrong, you know, but the, you know, I don't have a fucking principal problem with going in and exterminating a fucking race of people. If they're a threat to your race of people, I think that makes perfect fucking sense actually. And so like, I don't, I don't favor the, the Jews in any given conflict. I think that, you know, the Muslims would be fucking easier for us to fucking manage in their absence, frankly. Right. So like, okay, there's a realpolitik to, do I want them to prevail in the conflict? Sure. Okay. Like I have a mild preference that the Palestinians defeat the Jews, say, okay? That doesn't mean that I like them, you know? It was used against me in court that I had said many times, the enemy of my enemy might not be my friend, but he can sure as hell be my weapon. I've said that repeatedly over the years. And it was actually used against me in a criminal trial, okay? And so, like, I believe that. That's fine, you know? But, like, I don't confuse that with them being my friend. I, I don't think there's anything, like... You know, I do think that if the fucking Palestinians had other neighbors, they'd just be fighting them to the extent that they were able to. You know, that's what's going on. You know, you, the, the Iran and whoever else is giving them fucking, uh, you know, the, the, the munitions to fight a war that they don't fundamentally have the capacity to win. And everybody knows it. But they're like they're fucking suicidal people who think that, you know, they're going to march through the gate to the paradise where their maidens await. That's what they think is going on. And so that's why they're doing this. It's actually not because... It, you know, they don't have problems with Jews for the same reasons you and I do, frankly. You know, like 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 they would be killing whoever fucking was there because they're they're fundamentally suicidal people who are like that's a predetermined fucking outcome for them. That's my view of it. That's why they fucking flooded no. into Europe and started fucking raping fucking white girls. Right. They're not flooding into fucking Europe and raping fucking white girls to get back to the Jew. You know, they're at war with us. No, see, I, I think you're incorrect. I, I think that's <laughs> incorrect. So. The reason why they flooded into Europe and started, okay, first of all, I will say, obviously, Arabs are not white. They are a different people. There are IQ disparities. There are differences between our groups and some of them, depending, I mean, I don't know if you've seen some of the Hezbollah and Hamas fighters that have died that, they, you know, the Hamas channels have posted on Telegram or whatever. The pictures of these dudes, I would say, 60% of these guys look about as white as your average Italian, okay? And if you know the history of the region, um, a lot of that region was 
conquered and settled by the Romans by Alexander the Great. Um, the they the the Iranians were Indo Aryans. A lot of those people are functionally white. Okay, they look like white people. Most of them, not most of them. I would say close to 40 percent of them are functionally white. A lot of them are very similar to us. Okay, there's a reason why Iran is considered the biggest threat to global Jewry and the United States, and it's because they are a functionally white country that is not controlled by the Zionist occupied global empire. I so think it's I, I think okay, I think the actual concern over there has more to do with the nuclear weapons than the than the genetic stock of the population. Of course, you know, it helps not to be surrounded by retards if you're trying to make nukes, but like that's actually I, I think and by the way, I, I think that's actually, you know, not an unreasonable thing to be concerned about that a bunch of jihadist fanatics have nuclear weapons. It's actually something that, you know, Jews aside, we might, you know, take an interest in. I don't think that's an irrational foreign policy concern of some people in the United States that, you know, a bunch of people who think they're going to bring about the fucking end of the world and bring back the fucking Mahdi or whatever the fuck, the 12th Imam, this shit, you know, th- that they think that, you know, it's their obligation to bring about the end of the world for, the, for their fucking deity is, you know, you give those people nuclear weapons and, <clears throat> you know, Jews or no Jews, you got a fucking problem on your hands, buddy. You know, so like, I think that that's, yeah, that's not what they're trying to do, though. That's not what they're trying to do. That's 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 the Jews. The Jews are the ones with the Samson option. The Jews are the ones that have nuclear weapons that were acquired illegally that have not signed any nuclear treaties. Well, you know, that's that's uh, that's it, the issue there is that the Jews are the ones that we need to be worried about having nuclear weapons. And the Americans, the United States, were were talking about giving the Saudis access to nuclear material in order to sign a economic normalization treaty with Israel and the Saudis are the ones, I mean, frankly, the Saudis are the ones that are like the more retard, like, you know, I don't know, 80 IQ fucking Muslims that are, that are willing to, to destroy the world for, for, you know, the, the jihad, like the Saudis are the ones we need to be worried about having nuclear weapons. And that's who the Americans were willing to give nuclear material in order to form economic normalization with Israel. Like our, our issues in the Middle East have a singular point of origin, and that's Israel. If Israel ceases to exist tomorrow, our issues with the Arab world and Muslims would cease to exist. We could send Europe and the United States could send back the fighting age males that were exported to our countries. We could send those back to Egypt. We could send those back to Iran, Afghanistan without issue because the Jews are the ones that are in the NGOs, they're the ones that are in our political system and their political system that are forcing those people into our countries. Remove Israel from the equation, we could possibly work out some kind of deal with them. The middleman that is fucking all this up is Israel. Remove them from the equation, we might have a solution. Well, that's real I, I don't. Well, I'm. I'm. I don't know that there's a great deal of data to support your your theory here. Okay, so. As a matter of fact, most of the most of the the Jews that I know of who are ruining my life are, aren't in Israel. They're in America. OK, and so unless you're going to do some ethnic cleansing over here or you're going to have some some kind of like, you know, you know, mass disbarment or whatever, you know, those people are not solved by smashing the fucking nest and letting the pests go all over the world, as a matter of fact. You know? And so, you know, it's it's not it's it's by no means obvious 
that the end of the state of Israel is the end of the Jewish problem. Those are two different categories of problem, in my view. And I don't I don't know that that's such a I, I, I don't know that the, it, what I know is that it's not obvious that what you're saying is true. Maybe you're right. We're, you know, making predictions about a hypothetical future. Nobody can say. But it's not it's not obviously the case that, you know, the end of the state of Israel is the end of our problems in the Middle East. I think that's far from obvious. You know, they the people over there, you know, they kill each other, dude. Like, it's actually not it's not a subject of serious dispute that they fucking kill each other. Okay, like they that has been going on for a very long time. And the United States and Israel have taken some advantage of that for sure. As a matter of fact. I wish I still had it. I, I oh, uh, it, I never had it. It was it played on the air while I was in prison. I wish I had the clip of um, Senator John Kennedy, who's usually very funny. I I used to love every time he was coming on. I was like, hey, John Kennedy's on. I got him. He said something that just I mean, it's so obvious, but it was amazing to hear somebody admit it on Fo- on the Fox News Channel. It was like on a daytime thing. He's like, yeah, well, you know, sort of the unspoken reality that everybody sort of understands is that you know all of these you know, Middle Eastern countries, we sort of play them off of each other to dominate them is essentially is the idea. Now, but there's a reason that we can do that. And the reason that we can do that is because that's the type of thing that they're predisposed to, you know? So like these people are inclined toward fucking slaughtering one another. And we're like, okay, well, how can we use that to our advantage? Well, we'll go and we'll fucking, you know, direct it, you know? And so, yeah, or is the is the United States at the behest of the Jews going up and stirring up conflict in the Middle East for fucking sure? But the reason that they're doing that is because there's a great deal of evidence to suggest that that will be successful because they'll do it without our intervention. All we're doing is sort of prodding it along in a direction that, for whatever reason, the fucking neocons and Jewish fucking scumbags who run this fucking country think is advantageous in a in a, in a particular way. So, like, is that? Is that wise? I'd say not, but I don't think that it's, you know, it's not it's not at all obvious that these people are going to become a fucking first world civilization in the absence of the Jews. I think that that's I think that that's subject to more vigorous debate, say. And so, you know, the fact that the fact that the fact that I have a fucking problem with the Jews, the fact that I have a problem with the state of Israel, the fact that giving them a a country, you know, at, at the expense of our own fucking blood and treasure and then subsidizing them eternally is not a good idea does not a good friend a Muslim make, you know, that's all my thing is like, you know, I'm not, I'm not taking up for the fucking kikes here. You know, nobody would, and nobody who's paying attention would mistake me for doing that, obviously. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not saying that you're taking the side of Jews. I'm simply, I, I, I think that your perspective on this is, I mean, for, I just think you're incorrect. So I, I, I think that, Okay, so let's let's put it in a, in a historical perspective. When the Gauls sacked Rome, the Roman power base, Rome was spread out across the entirety of Western Europe, all of Italy. They were their their fingers reached until the ends of the earth in their day. When the Gauls sacked Rome, I don't think they were thinking about the long-term implications of, you know, well, we, if we sack Rome, I don't know if that'll destabilize their power base or not. You know, that's like, it's the same situation. If Israel is a Jewish ethnic safe haven where their criminals can run to, they are able to, and, and Anthony Blinken, and we have to understand also that the United States is completely, the United States is a vassal state of Israel. Uh, Joe Biden's Jew Biden, whatever. His entire cabinet is Jewish. 
with the exception of a couple people that are simply managed by Jews. You know, we have several of Joe Biden's cabinet members that have been basically they've taken out rental properties in the Jewish state's uh, policy making apparatus. And so if, if you remove Israel from the equation, we're talking about a complete shift in the power balance of <coughs> geopolitics. I mean, remove Israel from the equation. Do you think Ukraine is going to be an issue? Do you think the Jews would have the power to influence the United States position and posture on the geopolitical stage where we'd wage war in Russia? Well, I, I mean, think that Jews had enough seen... power on the political stage to influence world events throughout the for as long as we've got written history to record it we've got jews doing that right like there was no state of israel during hitler's administration right right but they were trying to create it i mean there's a reason why the balfour declaration existed they were they were they were laying the plans for the state of israel even back then i mean zionism has existed since the the the, the talmud was written this, right. this has been a plan of theirs. They, right. They think well, on the well, I'm saying, I understand years, that they want, of course, they want, they want an ethno state. Who can blame them? Right. But like, you know, it's a nice thing to have. I, I might aspire towards that, something like that myself. But like without them having their ethno state, they have they have functioned in the way that you describe them not functioning in the absence of their ethno state. Right. I mean, it would just it would remove. I, I just don't see how. Israel not existing could possibly be a negative outcome for us. Well, look, I'm not, and I'm not, I'm not arguing for the continuing. Uh, the, the goal here is not, you know, I'm not taking up for the continuation of the Jewish state. If the, if the Jewish state is destroyed, I'm, I'm, I'm not entirely. I don't consider it obvious that it solves a problem, but it's not something that I'm animated about preventing for sure. Okay, my thing is what what started here. We don't want. I don't want to. I understand that. It's because these things sort of, you know, advance a common theme that there's a temptation to, you know, intertwine the two. Okay, but like, I I do not consider it. I do not consider it obvious that the destruction of the Jewish state benefits anybody. I I don't think that that's an obvious thing. Okay, but that, I consider that a separate issue from, you know, I don't think that the that taking up for the Palestinians in a pro-Palestinian way is is a is a wise rhetorical move for the dissident right okay it's putting distance between us and w what could be described as the mainstream or center right okay it, it 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 creates a lot of problems that that i don't think people fully appreciate it's not it's not real politique to do that in american terms okay we are distancing ourselves further from power by aligning with black lives matter and the democratic socialists of america OK, that's not in our best political interest. Those people are not our allies. And so, like, we but know it's just a second. OK, so like we say it's real politique yeah, that if, exactly. the, if the state of Israel is destroyed, that that's that that's in our interest. Well, even if I accept that as true, I'm just I'm just acknowledging that I don't consider that obvious. OK, but but even if I did, the real politique is we need to control our country. And we are no closer to doing that by allying ourselves with Black Lives Matter and the DSA. That, that does not advance our goals at all in the slightest. So, like, 
we are not like what do you think is going to happen if you you go out there and you say you could be it's one thing to be anti-semitic that's difficult enough and then you're like i'm on the same side as the guys with the fucking lawnmowers and the umbrellas you know like that's a completely different category of problem you know well it's because the only the only way that we can gain control of our country the united states or whatever it ends up after all this shakes out is the complete destruction and destabilization of the post-World War II order. I mean, frankly, I don't see how white people, I mean, and this is not just the United States, this is white people across everything, the entire world, white people cannot ever have control of their own countries without the destabilization of the post-World War II order. And that is what Russia and China and the BRICS nations are trying to accomplish, and that's why Russia is having conferences with Hamas leaders. That's why Russia is supporting Iran. That's why the United States is having this gay and fake war with Russia with their proxy Ukraine. I mean, all of this stuff is part of the same struggle. The, the Palestinian struggle against Israel is, is our struggle against the Zionist-occupied government of the United States and the Zionist-occupied government of the United Kingdom and, and et cetera. It's all part of the same struggle. Like this, like America as it exists today needs to die. Like this, this state, this, and I don't see any purpose of aligning ourselves with the powers that be currently because the powers that be currently are, would rather, I mean, it's like Nancy Pelosi, um, what's his face? The, the, the cupped, the, the, the faggot, Republican um, from the South, whatever. Every single Republican senator or congressman is like, burn America to the ground as long as Israel continues to exist. You know, we're going to send Israel our last dollar and every bit of our blood and treasure to make sure that Jews have a homeland in the Middle East. Like those people, I, I don't want to align myself with those people. My interests aren't in the Middle East. My interests are here. And we can't have our own state. We can't have a homeland for our people without those people that are willing to sacrifice our people for Jews gone. And that, that's, that's the, the framing that I see is that okay. everyone, every white person in the United States that sees the Jewish geopolitical goals as above our own as a white people. All of those people need to go. And if that means the destruction of the United States empire, if that means the complete destruction of everything that we know today and a rebuilding of something else, that's fine. Because I would rather my children grow up in a world where that doesn't exist than anything else. Any alternative is preferable to Zionist-occupied global empire with America at its center. Okay, so... Let me try to pick apart some of the many things that you've opened up all these kinds of worms now, okay? First things first, if I agreed with you that America had to be destroyed, I would not be dumb enough to say that in fucking public because I have my real face here and my real name, okay? If you want to have anything to do with the future of this country, you might not want to go around saying that you seek its destruction because people are not going to allow you to run their country if you, if you tell them you want to destroy it. So, you know, now, even if now I don't actually believe that, but just, you know, as a as a word to the wise that, like, if you want to have any influence over the politics of a place, you don't call for its destruction in advance because the population won't accept that. OK, 
Now, I think, personally, my opinion of it is that, you know, the United States, as I tend to fancy, it doesn't really exist anymore. So, like, yeah, there's going to be changes. And, you know, at the end of the day, you know, the end of America as we know it, I think, is it occurred well prior to the point that it became a serious debate as to how many genders there were. Okay, but like. You, you don't you don't make that like a rhetorical talking point if you're trying to, you know, gain the support of the people of the, of the country. And, and you actually need to do that even 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 if you manage to overcome the fucking concept of democracy. Like you can't you can't rule a country entirely by force. The people have to acquiesce at the very least. So, like, you don't want to be you don't want to be seen as the guy who's wrecking the fucking thing. You have to be the guy who's trying to restore order and bring back what these people love about their country. They they need to feel like they're part of a country. And if you're the one who's trying to fucking destroy it, they're not they're not going to get on board with that project. You people know what I'm don't, People don't love anything about this country. I I tell I I so I work I'm a plumber. I work manual labor construction. I talk to dudes on job sites daily, literally today. I talk to guys on the job site about how this country needs to die and become something else. People are on board with that. People fucking hate America. Everybody fucking hates it. Nobody likes this country. Nobody likes not being able to afford a house. Nobody likes spending $200 at the grocery store for basic necessities. Nobody likes paying $4 a gallon for gas while we're sitting on the world's largest oil reserve. It's bullshit. This country's bullshit and everybody knows it. Pretending like it's not bullshit doesn't do us any favors. You know what I mean? Like that's what, like I think it is real politic to discuss things in a frank manner where we're 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 being honest with people about the situation. We don't need to be dishonest. We need to tell people honestly there are people that were alive a hundred years ago, eighty years ago that fucked everything up for us, and we need to do some pretty extreme shit to set it straight. When you tell people that. They're willing to accept that. And that's why support for Israel and belief in the American dream is just completely gone. Because people know that they've been sold a basket of lies and they're willing to burn that basket to create something new for the future. I mean, people hate this fucking country. Well, I I, I think I don't know that there's a great deal of right wing support for for what you're saying. I don't I don't have a data point to support that. Obviously, leftists hate the country. They're trying to destroy it. Right. And so, you know, one of the things I uh, I forget the guy's name off the top of my head. Maybe I could pull this up real quick. Um, I was contemplating responding to this thing that it was shared with me by a friend of the show. Uh, where is the link to it? Pardon me while I find this thing. No, this is further up, further up, further up. Not that. Well, anyway, so like this guy gave a speech at the Patriotic Alternative not so long ago, which like really had me kind of bent out of shape. And I was thinking about making a response to it, but it's something that requires some some effort because it's it needs a thorough dissection. Um, and the guy's name was it Warren Barlow? It might no, not Warren Bar. Are you saying Baylow or that the NJP guy? Baylog. Baylog, Baylog. No, no, no. It was it, this Mark was an Lord. Australian guy. And he he was like he was interested and he works with um he works with Keith Woods and and Nick Fuentes apparently, which I, you know, obviously found very conspicuous. Um 
I'm, I, I'm in this. I have this chat pulled up where the guy gave it to me, and I'm not finding the damn link. To, oh, here. Okay, so it didn't give me the link preview. Is the problem? I'm looking for the thumbnail when it's not there. It's Joel Davis. Okay, so Joel Davis gives this uh, speech at the Patriotic Alternative not so long ago, <clears throat> and. You know, I'm not going to be able to do this any justice here, but what you're saying is just bringing this to my mind as I'm live on the air with you, and I'm probably not going to do this any justice. But, you know, know, I'm thinking about trying to respond to this in in a more thorough fashion where, like, you know, he he says, for example, like, he kind of, like, brushes over the— he's introduced as like an expert on political strategy or something like that, and he just comes out and says he's not interested in politics. I mean, it was preposterous. And then, you know, basically— he declares that, well, if these people had any political sense, you know, they'd be voting, you know, for alternative for Germany and Germany, say. And and he's like, well, you know, they're politically retarded. And then he moves on to non-political activism or something. OK. And like when you when you do something like that, what you're actually saying is that, like, you don't understand the phenomenon. And then rather than understand it, you, you move on to some other field of endeavor, endeavor in which. You know, sex success or failure is not so easily measured. Okay, and so that's not actually, in my mind, prudent. Okay, Uh, like whatever the whatever the obstacles to us prevailing politically are, we need to identify them, and then we need to actually overcome them. Okay, so he gives for one example. Well, we can't do this unless we get billions of dollars. Okay, let's go get billions of dollars then. Okay, if if the goal is if if the obstacle is billions of dollars and the consequence of failure is the end of the white race, then let's go and figure out what the fuck we have to do to get billions of dollars because people have actually pulled this off a couple of times in human history. Like declaring that we can't overcome the obstacle is is defeatism, and I'm not I'm not prepared to accept that now. <clears throat> the that's not fundamentally responsive to your point. It's just something that put an idea in my head. And so, but, you know, I guess you're talking about a situation where the United States government is dominated by Jews, not by Israel per se, but by Jews. And that was the case prior to the creation of the state of Israel, which is why we have a state of Israel. Okay. And we would not have a state of Israel were it not for that fact. And if you, and if you got rid of the state of Israel and you think that Jews would not then be trying to get the state of Israel back, then you're crazy, right? So they'll still be there. They'll, you know. Now I'm not. I imagine that with the destruction of the state of Israel, should that, you know, be be a publicly accepted thing? Well, you know, public opinions about Jews would certainly have changed by that point, and you know, there would be other, you know, political repercussions of that. But it, it's by no means obvious that that these two things are the same. Okay, and and so I I I, I fear we might be going, you know in a in a loop here and and i'm not sure how much more good radio i can make out of this but i'll let you respond and and if and if i can come up with something unique to say i'll say it okay so my my question to you is 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 there any negative outcome for white people if the state of israel is destroyed potentially yeah so so the first thing that's going to happen if the state of israel is destroyed is the jews who have not been destroyed themselves in that conflict are going to go other places okay and all of the political connections that they have now are still going to be in those countries and they're going to be very determined to get their ethno state back so like they're going to there's going to be a lot of vigorous jewish activism in the wake of that you better fucking believe it and there's going to be a lot of people in christian countries who, who believe that they have an obligation to bring about some fucking prophecy that they've been fed incorrectly and so, yeah, there's actually a very there's a very 
potential negative consequence of that. Does does the potential for that consequence outweigh the benefits of smashing the fucking hive? I, I suppose that's a debatable subject, but it is a debatable subject. It's not obvious. You see what I'm saying? I mean, so the, the United States, Great Britain, France, Germany are already completely controlled by Jews, as is evidenced by the unconditional support for Israel in their foreign policy. Yes. The places that Jews would flee to if the state of Israel was destroyed would be those states. Russia, obviously, is not an option after all of the Jewish, you know, the, the people that controlled Russia in any sense of the word controlled fled after the war in Ukraine. So all the places that are already controlled by Jews would just have more Jews flee to there. The influence that any individual Jew can have on the United States government or the British or German or French government would be negligible because those places are already controlled. The Middle East would stabilize and it would be possible for European countries and the United States to move the migrant populations that have been moved to those states from the Middle East, we can move those back. Because absent the state of Israel, the Middle East would stabilize and those people could go back. Well, the reason why hang on, hang on, hang on. Hang on. I, I have to respond to that. So, right. like, you're describing the order of operations is not irrelevant here, okay? So, like, say the state of Israel is destroyed against the will of the powers that be in the United States, okay, and, and the powers that be in Europe, which means that our governments are still under the control of Jews, okay? So our governments are under the control of Jews, and, and the Jewish ethnostate is destroyed, which means that the Jews in control of our countries are going to be very vigorous about trying to get their ethnostate back. You, you consider that an obvious prospect, do you not? Sure, yeah. <laughs> okay, you can continue. No, I mean, I just, I don't see any reason why the Jews living in these white countries would want more Muslims there. We're already seeing Jews kvetching about all of the pro-Palestinian protests in the various European and the United States countries that are, you know what I'm saying, Palestinian protests, pro-Palestinian protests, especially in Europe, are happening in all of the countries that Jews have decided through NGOs like Israel and the other various NGOs that Israel supports that use basically what Israel has been doing for the last 20, 30, 40 years has been moving fighting age males from the Middle East into European countries so that they cannot participate in the conflicts that happen in the Middle East. They're moving those people into Europe and the United States. Israel ceases to exist. There is a possibility that those people could go back to the Middle East. Right, so it just let me make sure I understand your your theory of action here. So by smashing the nest and the Jews going to Europe, you're, the Jews who are in control of Europe will then be like, we got to get these Muslims out of here. They're a threat to my safety. That's the idea. I think that is a more possible, the, the possibility of that happening, the probability of that happening is greater than the possibility of the Jews in those countries wanting to keep those Muslims there. Also, the states in the Middle East, like Syria, like Iran, like Afghanistan, like the state of Palestine, they want their people back. They want those people back. Syria wants their 25-year-old men back. And states like the United Kingdom have made rules. There are laws that have been enacted that fighting-age men 
that could be drafted in the Syrian army cannot go back to Syria. Like the the entire geopolitical, and it, but it's bigger than that. I mean, it's it's the entire geopolitical landscape would be changed with Israel ceasing to exist. I just I don't. I understand that it would open up a whole new can of worms. I understand that it would change things in a way that we can't predict. But I don't see how taking away their base of power in the Middle East could possibly be a negative outcome for us because it would create a new set of circumstances that would also delegitimize the United States on the global arena. I mean, we're already seeing this. We're seeing the, the UN is is turning their backs on the United States UN representative, which is essentially just a representative for Israel. I mean, we're, we're seeing this in real time. We're, we're watching Jewish control over the United States and the UK and France and Germany being displaced to the entire world. And the world doesn't like it, with the exception of India, I guess. And if Israel ceased to exist, it would create a whole new set of circumstances that dissident movements in different white European countries could take advantage of. And I, I just don't see how that wouldn't benefit us. And, and I, if you disagree, I understand. Like, if, if we're in disagreement, it is what it is. Well, but let me just would, say this. Like so what, what I think you're I think you're identifying an, an important concept and I and I'd like to address it. OK, what you seem to be saying is because the situation currently is so bad that anything that alters it is is advantageous. And, and I think this is where we disagree. OK, that as a matter of fact, my my, uh, you know, leftists are the ones who want to destroy all that is. And that's because they're congenitally incapable of satisfaction. Right. And so, like, the, the idea that we just alter the circumstances and the alteration is is prima facie beneficial i i don't think that that's as obvious as 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 you would purport because as a matter of fact like actually yeah things can get a lot worse if if you if you think about this through as you've even as you've just described it to me what what you're actually saying is not that we've freed our country from jews but that we'll be flooded with jews who will then vigorously act in their own best interests and you just believe it will be in their best interest to get muslims out and so, like, that actually does not, in my mind, free us from anything. What, what you're saying is that you're going to manipulate our Jewish masters into doing something that you believe is more advantageous. And the advantageous thing is to get rid of the Muslims, which, you know, sort of like conflicts with the idea that the Palestinians are the noble savage. You see what I'm getting at? Well, first of all, Jews already control the United States. So the idea that more Jews would come here and control the United States more. I, I think that's a little silly. Like we are, we are already 100% controlled by Jews. If more Jews came here from Israel, that would change nothing. If anything, it would improve our geopolitical stance as the United States, because Jews in Israel have more effect on the geopolitical policy of the United States than Jews in the United States. Jews in the United States are 2% of the population. Jews in Israel have a, one Jew's vote in Israel counts for more than one Jew's vote in the United States. So more Jews in the United States wouldn't make much of a difference. It would be negative, obviously. I don't want more Jews here. But uh, it wouldn't make any difference because we're already completely controlled by Jews. That wouldn't change. And I don't think the Palestinians are noble savages. I don't think the Palestinians are savages. Everything that has happened in this conflict so far has shown that if you look historically, the Palestinians are just people. They're not like, I don't think there's any reason for us to color 
Palestinians or Arabs specifically as some kind of like they're not Africans, they're not retards, they're just people. And as it like if we were to in a hypothetical situation, we had control of our state, if we had control of the United States or any country in Europe, I don't think it would be productive to view other peoples as savages. We would just view them as other people that we could make economic deals with. We would interact with in a way that is conducive to both groups' goals. Like we're not like I don't know, I don't know about you, but I'm not like a white supremacist <laughs> that thinks that we need to control every other group in the world. We're just people that want our own homeland that are able to make deals with other people. Like they're just people. And they have a right to their own, you know, genetic destiny and we don't need to fuck with them. I'm all for them having a right to their genetic destiny. And as a matter of fact, you know, I I think there's an argument to be, there's a pro, I'm not making it, okay, but there's a pro-Israeli argument to be made for for the Jewish state, right, which is, it's an ethnostate. Let them have their fucking ethnostate. Tell them to stop fucking around with our country. You know, the problem is not that the Jews have a state. The problem is that the Jews control our state. That's my problem with this. Okay. I don't fucking care if they have a fucking homeland. And I don't, have to, I don't care if they kill all their fucking neighbors in the process. I just, I genuinely don't care. So like if the Jews go and kill all the fucking Palestinians and then they leave me the fuck alone, all the better. Like that's totally fucking fine with me. As long as I don't have to fucking goddamn subsidize their nuclear weapons program. I don't care who the fucking if the Jews go fucking kill a bunch of fucking Muslims. Not my fucking problem. The problem that I have with them is that they control my central bank. So, like, we're not talking about a situation where they stop controlling the central bank. Janet Yellen is not Janet Yellen is not in any way disadvantaged by the destruction of the Jewish state. She's still the fucking Treasury Secretary. So, like, the, the, these things are not. I, I think that you're conflating two things, and I don't. And I don't think that there's. I don't think that there's a, a great deal of reason to do so. And that's. I. You know, that might be. Uh, an intractable difference for the time being, but I'll give you the final words. I think that we're at a good radio, my friend. I'll give you the final word and then I'll uh, move on to the next caller. Yeah, man, I get it. We, we can agree to disagree. I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you very much for the call, my friend. 217-688-1433. If you'd like to be on the program and the more you told the less I have to, so please do give us a call. Oh, no, I didn't want to call. What? Call back. No, that's not what I want to do. I think I just made a mistake. Um, Wait. Caller, are you on the line? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, good. I brought. Okay, I thought I hung up on you by mistake, but I actually brought you on the air. Uh, caller, you're on a radical agenda. What's your agenda? Hey, yeah. So I just want to call in about the whole Israel thing and um, talk about like. So I kind of agree that the existence of Israel isn't a problem, but what happens is that they're when they do this um, holy war in the Middle East. They're pushing all these Muslims into Europe and into United States of America as refugees. So, for example, when they toppled Gaddafi, when they do all this stuff, they're kind of pushing these refugees into Europe. And I think the existence of Israel is kind of causing this. Okay, so but the the, the problem is actually not that the the refugees need a place to go. The problem is that we let the refugees in and that's a function of Jews here. Right. Correct. Correct. But they wouldn't they if Israel didn't exist then they wouldn't there would be no reason for them to leave in the first place. Right. What's the reason for Mexicans invading our country? Good point. Good point. (laughs) But I mean, the fact that they're creating. a Yeah, that's a good point. Everybody's trying. Everybody's coming here. The problem and the reason that it's happening is because we fucking let them. Right. The problem needs to be solved here. The problem isn't in Israel. The problem's here. And so, like, 
you know, it doesn't actually solve the, you know, if, if Jews go and fucking kill every fucking Palestinian today, they're not coming over here. That's fine. You know, like, like go, you know, go, go take Laura Loomer's advice. Go fucking kill everybody in the fucking place. And that, that will prevent it from becoming a migration problem. Right. You know, people complain about fucking genocide. Like it's a bad thing. You go in there, fucking kill everybody. It's not my fucking problem. You know what I'm saying? My problem is that somebody on my side of the fucking equation is opening up my fucking border. That's a good point. You got you got me on the Mexico thing. You got me on that. That's a good point. But I think that uh, them displacing Palestinians is not going to help the situation. And also, they're going to keep expanding. So they are going to make the quality of living super bad in the Middle East to the point where, like, you know about the Greater Israel Project, right? Yeah. So they're going to keep expanding, and this is going to cause even more reason for like these people leave the Middle East, right? Well, if they keep on pushing, no. if they keep on pushing them and we keep on having an open border, the combination of those two circumstances is very bad, right? If they go and they kill everybody, it doesn't, you know, that's not going to affect our immigration problem at all. As a matter of fact, we might reduce it. Go, go kill them, whatever, right? If they don't kill them, if They're you push them out and we don't have an open border, then that's just more enemies on the border of Israel. And that's fine with me. But that's kind of a pipe dream, is it not? Because don't you think that they are going to, most of them are going to leave. Like, the, yeah, they may kill some of them. And I think that's kind of, <coughs> quite frank, like, I'm not, I'm a white nationalist, so I believe in, you know, I don't want them coming here, but I don't also want to really genocide like a mass amount of people. And I don't think that a lot of them are going to be killed. Most of them are going to just be pushed off of their land. And then Jews are going to ship them into Europe. Right. Well, again, think, the, like, the problem that you have there is Jews in Europe accepting the shipment. That's the problem. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, you know, and by the way, like if and 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 so if they don't have the capacity to do that, then there's a substantially less there's a substantially lesser incentive for them to just keep on pushing them laterally. Right. The The, the idea that they can go and. They can go in, they can push these people off of their land, and then, and then those people will go in and destroy their primary resource competitors, white European males. That's actually the best of all circumstances for them. They, they, they go and they push the migrants into our countries. They get land. They destroy white countries. This is what they want. And so fundamentally what we're talking about is a situation where American and European immigration policy is a fucking catastrophe that is in no way solved by the destruction of the state of Israel. Oh, yeah, no, I, I don't, I'm not saying that I want to destroy the state. It, it's more so the Greater Israel Project. Well, the, 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 right? the like, Greater it, Israel Project it, and, the, and, the, and the state of Israel, I, I'm not sure you can separate the two, okay? So, like, you know, the, the Jews want to have a particular, they, they have a design on what their territory is. As far as they're concerned, this is a foregone conclusion. It's just a matter of, you know, what do they ha who do they have to destroy in order to get what they want? Right. The state of Israel, as far as they're concerned, is this territorial region. And once they have that, then they'll come up with some other excuse to take. You know, they're not going to be satisfied. Right. They, they understand, you know, the, the, the Jews have figured the Jews still understand something that, you know, Europeans figured out, which is, you know, the goal is to conquer the fucking world. Right. <laughs> you know, we used to go out and fucking build colonies and expand our our presence in the world. 
And then, and then, and then the Jews were like, "You guys are really mean. You should probably stop that." And we're like, "We're very sorry, and we'll cut it out now." And then the fucking whole world went to shit. You know, the Jews are not, you know, fooled by their own illusions. They understand, you know, that this is, you know, the goal is to, you know, for your race to dominate the earth. They they get that, and you know, the fact that they the fact that they understand that is not, you know, is not in and of itself a like an immoral thing in my view. Like, you know, they act against my interests in the process of that. And so I don't want them to prevail. And so like, you know, I'm all for like, you know, that they want to have a fucking homeland. Like I'm not, I shouldn't say I'm all for it, but like, I get that. And I don't think that that in and of itself is a, is, is a treacherous, malicious thing. Okay. If, if you're an ethno-nationalist, let the Jews have a homeland, let these other people have a homeland, let these other people have a homeland. That'll be accomplished through bloodshed to some extent. There's a bunch of people all mixed up. We're going to have to forcibly remove them. There's going to be a bunch of people unhappy about that. People are going to scream genocide. You say, shut the fuck up. I don't care about you. I'll show you fucking genocide. Shut your fucking stupid Jew mouth. You know, like, like that's actually how you solve the problem in my view. So like, you know, the, the greater Israel project and Israel are, are fundamentally the same thing. They believe that their, their, their territorial, you know, situation is not complete until then. And so, you know, and I don't actually understand entirely the military significance of this, but you know, you, you understand at the end of the day that like they're surrounded by enemies. Okay. So like, if you're, if you're the Jews, you definitely don't want to be surrounded by people who want to fucking kill you. You have to you have to change your borders in order to prevent that from being the case. It's not lost on them, I don't imagine, that like in the absence of American protection, that they cease to exist, right? That as soon as America's like, fuck you, kikes, and then fucking all the Muslims are going to flood in and fucking kill them. So like they understand that and they, and they understand that that's a potential future outcome. And so they want to expand their borders until that's no longer the the peril that they're in. And so like, okay, that in my mind, that's at least like, you know, whatever you think about the, the Jewish claim to the territory, it's like, it's at least a, it's a, it's a coherent military strategy that, you know, you, you, you could describe as legitimate. And so <clears throat> the, the, and, and since I don't give a fucking fuck about their fucking neighbors, they're not my fucking problem. If I don't open my borders, it's like, fine, you know, go fu- have your fucking at those states stay there. Stop fucking subverting my country. And it, but, but we do not solve anything by like, you know, the fucking Jews lose fucking Israel and then they come into our countries and the, the prior caller was just saying like, okay, well, the Jews who control our countries will then kick the Muslims out. Like, well, that's not freeing us from Jewish control. That's just, that's just, that's like increasing it and just making it more perilous for them to be, have Muslim neighbors. Like, you see what I'm saying? It's like, it doesn't seem to make, there are conflicting themes here, you see? Yeah, no, I understand that, and I think you're you're right about the fact that they they're just doing what they would do for their their own race. I mean, I understand that, but again, the problem is that I think with the expanding uh, Greater Israel Project, they're going to create more refugees, push them into Europe, and then they're going to just continue displacing white people. And so, I cannot support the the Israeli state, and plus. You say that, okay, well, let's just close our borders in Europe to these refugees. Well, that's not an option. Like the the Jews have already controlled all of the European Union and the United States of America government. So closing the borders is not really an option. And they're going to keep displacing these people that would otherwise just stay in the Middle East. So we have to make we we have to make closing our borders an option because like. Israel or no Israel, we're dead without borders, right? So, like, 
you know, the, I agree. the the idea that closing the border is not an option is is like is is a pretty serious fucking problem, right? We have to overcome that challenge, okay? And so people are are you know, I did an episode of this show titled "Against Judeocentrism," and if you haven't seen it, I would encourage you to go find that one, okay? We're like. This is this is actually like a very serious like pathology in our circles that people look at this issue with the the Jews and and it becomes like this monomaniacal focus of theirs where they're like you know the, the goal becomes to you know visit havoc and 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 disadvantage on Jewish people like okay like to the extent that that advances something for us fine like I'm not I'm not really I'm not opposed to that but it actually is not axiomatically the case that that this benefits us. It's just it's all I'm really calling attention to. So if we are under the control of these people, that is the problem. That's the reason that we have this enmity to begin with. It's not because they have a fucking homeland and that they they kill their fucking neighbors. That's actually not the reason that we have a problem with the Jews. The reason we have a problem with the Jews is they run our central bank and they make it impossible for us to close our borders. And so if we're saying that it's that we don't have the option of closing our borders, well, then then we need to get that option is really what needs to happen. Right. And so like right. and and so to to the extent that that is to the extent that that goal is advanced by the destruction of the Jewish state, I'm I'm happy to entertain that potential. But I don't hear that argument being made. What I hear being the argument being made by you and by the other caller is that, well, since we can't <laughs> since we can't get the Jews out of our government, since we can't close our borders, we we have to accept Jewish rule and destroy the Jewish state. Uh, that does not seem to me the, the goal. I mean, I never said to destroy it. I just said that their existence is causing problems. I, I didn't say, like, okay, good luck destroying it. Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. And I totally agree with you. I think fundamentally we're kind of on the same page because I, I couldn't agree more that the biggest problem is that they're occupying our government and letting them in. So we're kind of on the same page there, but I just I, I kind of sympathize with the Palestinians because of the fact that the so many Zionist Jews also want to genocide whites. In fact, I saw this video today of some rabbi talking about how modern Europe and USA is an extension of Rome, and they still have this thousand-year-old beast that I didn't even know about until recently, until I started really like kind of looking into the race-mixing agenda, et cetera. And it's it's not even like I hate them, but they they have this hatred this really old hatred that our people don't really understand but yeah i think we're on the same page i mean i don't i don't care they exist it's just with this constant expansionism they're and they also like use this as a launch pad for their operations well what do we do like i don't know you can't get rid of that i don't know dude so i'll probably just sign off at this point well thank it was you good talking to you man you too my friend thank you very much for the call 217-688-1433 you like to be on the program moments remain if you'd like to get on the lines do so immediately um you know i think uh, i don't know i i don't see there's probably not much for me to respond to off the air we've we've said it you know uh let me go to the super chats here uh okay we talked to deadball gains Afternoon shift sends a hundred bucks. Says uh, I can't out donate Tony either. Sad. Well, at a hundred bucks, sir, you're uh, you're competitive, my friend. Nice guy, nationalist. Twenty five dollars. I like watching a couple assholes you can't stand to varying degrees coming to blows, and you sitting there enjoying the show. I agree with that, my friend. Uh, uh, another brick in the wall sends ten dollars. He salutes. Thank you, sir. Uh, nice guy, nationalist. Again, five dollars. A better way to put it would be that people hate what America is as it comes into focus, 
love what it should be in theory, but are disgusted by the reality. Uh, I think that it makes sense. American Life, 702, sends $1. Israel loses. They all just come here. Israel wins. The Palestinians all come here. Well, <clears throat> yeah. So, like, this is what happens when you're not in control of your country. <laughs> you know? Like, that's why, that's, that's why I became a nationalist. <laughs> right? That I'm like, I don't like that other people are controlling my country. They want to control their own country. Go the fuck ahead. You want to go control some other fucking country? You know, I'm open to that. You want to go fucking kill all your fucking neighbors? Or are they distant enough from me that I don't care? You know. So like, you know, they, these are my these are my complaints about Jewish influence that they're preventing us from closing our borders, and the idea that we're gonna we're gonna smash the nest and then they're all gonna come here and then they're gonna energetically get rid of other enemies. You know, that doesn't seem to me to be a, a prudent course of action at all. You know. You know, I'm all for, by the way, you know, one of the things that Deadball Gaines brought up was like, you know, basically the contest for the world order. And and I am all for like a dramatic shift in the world order. But I also think that, you know, to the extent that we have any say in that outcome, like we should exercise that prudently, like really be careful about it. Okay. You know, it's not axiomatically good that America is toppled from her perch, you understand. Like a Chinese-led world order, which is the most likely outcome here, that's a very, very, very dangerous thing, actually. Because the Chinese are not at all shy about pursuing their own ethnic interests at the expense of other ethnic groups, okay? If they think that, you know, if they become the world superpower— and they are the ones who get to run around dominating the world with military force and economic coercion. <clears throat> That's definitely going to work out not against your interests. You know who really doesn't like white supremacy? Asian people who want Asian supremacy, you know? If they, now we, we don't have this like problem as like a domestic political issue, but you know. The Chinese government does not like the the Anglo-American world order. What they want is a, a Han Chinese ethno-supremacy over the planet. And they they will not be fucking shy about fucking you over if they have the capacity to exert that influence, you know. And so I like the idea of the multipolar world order, you know. And I think that the way that you pursue that is by warm relations with Russia. That's obvious. Obvious in my view. And that's why the fucking Ukraine thing is such a goddamn disaster, you know? We're in a proxy war with Russia. Like, the whole entire fucking point of the foreign policy since the fucking Nixon administration was to prevent that from happening. And so now it's like we're pushing Russia into China's arms and depleting our military stockpiles and destroying our currency to support a Jewish president. With Nazis fighting for him? Like, what the fuck? Lunacy. You know, this could only be a Democrat plot. It's so crazy. And so, another brick in a wall sends another $5. If the U.S. is run by Jews and it is important to Jews in the U.S. that Israel exists, then we should support the Palestinians trying to attack Israel. If nothing else, it, it keeps Jews off our backs and gives us another room, it gives us room to manure. Is that your experience of Jews having trouble? That when they have trouble, our burdens are reduced? <laughs> that's pretty fucking funny. That's not, my, that's not how I analyze world history. We're talking about the fucking post-World War II order, right? 
the, which the whole fucking point of it is like, I mean, don't get me wrong. I understand that <laughs> the idea that America came to rescue the Jews from Hitler or something is kind of nonsense about World War II. It's much more complicated than that, of course. But, you know, the entire post-World War order, the entire post-World War II order is based on the idea that all of the energies of, of European white countries must be geared towards preventing another Holocaust or the first one, whatever, depending on your perspective. And so, like, the idea that Jews have problems and our lives get easier, there's nothing obvious about that. Maybe maybe you're right, but, like, you have to first understand there's nothing obvious about that. That's definitely not... <laughs> It's, it's definitely not obvious, and I don't know why anybody would think that it is. You know. So, with that said, we do this every Friday at 9.30 p.m. U.S. Eastern Time. We come back on Monday. I say fuck a whole lot less on Monday, and uh, then I on Wednesdays, those of you guys who are smart enough to go to surrealpolitics.com slash join, become a member, then I do the members-only uh, video chats with you guys over there. We had a great one um, on Wednesday, by the way, uh, where I basically went through all of my, uh, well, not all of my, but I went through like uh, a lot of the equipment, and it was fun for me to do that, by the way, because I kind of went through the history of some of the equipment here, and, and that was actually... <laughs> Something that I hadn't done, you know, in a long time. I have the I have the original mixer from episode one of Some Garbage Podcast. <laughs> and like holding that thing in my hand, I had one of the original microphones I have. And I was like holding this thing in my hand. I'm like, yeah, be an Eddie, you know. A fun trip down memory lane for me and the people who, who did watch and got some enjoyment out of it. I think that you will too. Uh, and so if you're not a member yet, you, you have that option at surrealpolitics.com slash join. Uh, on that episode, I did embed the video in the blog post. Um, you know, it, it occurs to me as I say this, I think that there's a, I, I got a notice to moderate a comment asking if the video embed was working. If, if you had trouble watching that video, let me know. Um, <clears throat> those of you who are Odyssey subscribers, you guys have it on Odyssey, but I try to make, you know, I, I, I should let you know, Odyssey content subscribers that, you know, it's a better deal to become a surrealpolitics.com member. Like I can't, I can't, I have no way to cross-reference these two things, okay? So, like, I can't give you a better deal than the SurrealPolitics.com members, so you're paying the same, you're paying more, actually, because Odyssey takes a cut and there's, like, a fee or whatever. Um, and and so, like, um, uh, in any case, whatever, it's a whole other fucking thing. I'm not going to go get into it. But, you know, you, you get more. You get access to FullHouseMembers.com. We're going to be bringing on other content producers. It's a better idea to go to SurrealPolitics.com slash join, and then you can, you, can, you can watch the videos there. You can listen to the audio. And then you get access to other content producers as we bring them on board. And then um, once you're a member, by the way, at SurrealPolitics.com slash shop, I'm not wearing my Radical Agenda T-shirt today, but there's really spiffy T-shirts over there. All WDS hats, mouse pads, all types of shit, hoodies. That's realpolitics.com slash shop. And if you're a member, then you get, uh, they're very deeply discounted. It's not like a set percentage discount. I cut these things down really deep. So if you uh, if you do that, then you'll get discounts in the shop and you get some merch for the Radical Agenda. And uh, that'll, be, uh, that'll be a great idea for you. And um, what else should I, uh, what should I, uh, what else should I do? You know, uh, you know, there's other things in my head. I don't know that how much of them I want to talk about. So I'm just going to tell you to go over, you know, there's lots of ways for you to pay me. ChristopherCantwell.net slash donate will get you roughly in that direction. Uh, oh, I should go check the entropy, see if anybody 
forked over any cash there. Of course not. Why would you? Uh, and so, um, <coughs> that's pretty funny. Um, I go look over at Goyam TV to see what their chat is like. He said, uh, gas all kikes is the guy's name. And he says, free Palestine, nuke every single kike on this planet. Israel must be destroyed. It is a hub for their illegal sex traffic, murder, pedophilia, and extortion rackets. Okay. Well, you know, if you start nuking every kike on the planet, you're going to be using nuclear weapons in your own country. You might want to start thinking about the implications of stuff like that. This is the type of, like, you know, poorly thought out strategy that I think is becoming all too common a pathology in the in what has become known as the dissident right. You know, you can't use nuclear weapons in your own fucking neighborhood, pal. You got to be careful, you know. So you might want to think about what's going on. Yeah, uh, Hexagod Podcast, he says, you made 500 bucks on a stream here. I'd say people forked over cash. Yeah, they sure did, you know. And so this week, if you count the uh, this uh, stream, I made $535 tonight. I think I made, if not zero on Monday, then it was, you know, under 100 on Monday, I'm pretty sure. So let's just say I made, you know, 600 bucks in Super Chats this week. If you think that I deserve to make 600 bucks a week, you know, whatever. The guys who paid me, obviously, thank you. I mean, you guys are fucking fantastic. I'm, sorry, I'm obviously not complaining about the guys who are fucking forking over money, right? The people who are not, you know, you might want to do that. And speaking of forking over money, you know, you know, you know what I got to do? I got to get Dave on here. Dave has a fan, you might know. And uh, Dave's fan is a, he's a supporter of the show. And he wanted me to let Dave know that, you know, that he's, his fan's still there. And he's hoping that you'll call in. Uh, I don't, I don't have the note here in front of me. Something about strawberry vapes or something. You like those things, Dave, right? So why don't Dave, you give me a call, get in touch, Dave. You know, maybe I should do a Dave show. Should I do like a profile on Dave? Talk to Dave for two hours, perhaps. We got to get we got to get Dave in New York. You know, some of you guys, um, you know, some of you guys will know. Dave used to call in. He's a you know, uh, he's kind of like uh, I think he worked for like uh, you know uh, Mensa or something. I'm kidding. <coughs> but anyway, new to this channel, will donate when I get more familiar with the content. We'll get familiar. Binge watch, my friend. Go ahead. You'll you're gonna like what you see. Go watch Surreal Politics Stage One Episode Twenty Seven. That's a very good episode. Very good episode. And so, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, thank you for those of you who uh, make this possible. I am very, 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 very glad. Uh, I'm very, very grateful, I should say. I'm not, obviously, I'm glad you pay me, but I'm, I'm grateful. I think that you're doing a good thing, and, I'm, and I hope that, um, I, I sure do hope that uh, we can continue making this uh, uh, worth you doing it. And so I'm going to keep on working at that. We're going to keep on uh, producing great content. We're going to keep on trying to expand our reach and we will be back monday if not sooner thank you very much for tuning into the radical agenda have yourselves a best weekend with the one you love good night that's it it's over then we organize the death squads for the people who wrecked america you know what you call people you can't talk to enemies and if we want to divide our society into armed camps of enmity all we have to do is keep doing what we're doing. A radical agenda the event has turned into an opportunity for the left to push a racial and radical agenda. Implementing their radical agenda is the only thing they care about. They're bad actors. What they want to do here is ram their radical agenda down your throat. These are great Americans. These are people that want to see great things for the country. You know, they try and build them like uh, sort of a radical agenda. It's not a radical agenda. It's called the Second Amendment.
fuck you, pay me.